from ABC News Radio, KMET, 1490 in Southern California. This is Biz Ninja Entrepreneur Radio with your host, Tyler Jorgensen. All right, everybody, welcome out to Biz Ninja Entrepreneur Radio. I'm your host, Tyler Jorgensen, and today we get to talk to one of the OGs in the ClickFunnels world and one of the legends in crushing it in this space, uh, Anthony DiClemente of Biohacking Secrets and Biohacker's Guide. What is up, Anthony? Uh, what's up, Tyler? Man, I'm feeling old with that intro. But OGs already. We are, man. We are. I just true. didn't realize that I was coming in at the beginning. It was like, it was my start. I didn't realize a lot of it was also ClickFunnels start. Yeah, I was... Uh... I think it was three years ago this week that the um, Funnel Hacking Live in San Diego happened. Mm -hmm. And so it was four Funnel Hacking Lives ago, but only three years ago. And I'm like, holy crap, a lot has happened in three years. I mean, people have launched entire new businesses. People have uh, completely scaled theirs or completely changed industries. Let's go back to the very first, like the beginning of Anthony DiClemente. What, what was the first thing in your life where you realized you're an entrepreneur, you're not like everybody else? Well, I think there are a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of people like us who really value freedom and contribution and want to make an impact and, and leave a legacy behind. For many of us, it, it requires a moment of brutal honesty. For me, it was it trapped in a cubicle at the LaSalle Bank building, not even a year after I graduated from the University of Illinois, and I was miserable. And there's there's sort of this dance that we need to come to grips with where if there's something that we hate about our life and it's not going to change or we're not going to change it, it's almost easier to ignore it and just oh, put your head down and plow and like try affirmations and, you know, <laughs> looking for the good in this situation. And I was doing that for, you know, close to a year. And then I was like, I'm lying to myself. I hate this. I'm trapped. I feel like a prisoner every Sunday night. I don't want to go to bed, you know? And, and and that was sort of the first moment where I was like, I got to escape, like Shawshank Redemption style. I got to start digging my way out. I got to figure out something. And I started looking into, I bought like my first URL in 2006 and it was called Phoenix Health Systems because I thought it would be like a cool, the Phoenix rising from the ashes and all of that and hook people up with all these tools for for taking their their mind and their body to a higher level and living, living you know, their best life to sound yeah. like an hashtag and um and i was just terrible with tech and i kind of fumbled around for a while <laughs> that's so but let's let's unpack that a little bit so 2000 yeah. you're you're working in a cubicle so you went the nine to five route yeah belt yeah, trap I, but how did you already know that you wanted to do something in in the health and and wellness space like i mean that's been that's still what you are and what you do like that's been that's been a passion life. since yeah. i started playing sports when i was five and um, was actually not the most athletic kid, but I worked real, real hard. And it went from barely making the team. And like the only reason I made the soccer team was because one of my neighbors, Brian Shepard, came out and he had no idea how to play soccer, but he'd just toe kick the ball at me for like two hours every day. And like, I, I got barely good enough to make the travel team. But then over years, I got a little bit, over the years, I got a little bit better. Um, and I, I would see that there were things that I could do. Like if I did extra stuff that the other kids weren't doing, I would get better faster. And I was able to compensate for this like lack of natural 
what I perceived as a lack of natural ability with hard work and seeking out tools. You know, I was ordering like VHS tapes from Bayern Munich and some of these, you know, English and German um, and Italian club teams to see what they were doing with their kids. And then I was going outside and like trying it on my own, you know, and then and using that. So I became very interested in the tools that we had in the health space and the sports performance space and what they could do for us. Um, because of what they they'd done for me. I just didn't think I could make money as a personal trainer or or sharing health information. I didn't even know that existed until right. I read a Tim Ferriss article in, in 2011 about Mike Geary and how he was doing over a million bucks a month selling ebooks. I'm like, who is this dude? Like, right. who is this Mike Geary guy? This is brilliant. You know, I'm like, I gotta write a book. I can reach way more people. It doesn't, I don't have to just personal train or teach yoga, both things that I was doing from like, you know, five, six a.m. in the morning till eight, nine at night, running myself into the ground. I was like, I can make this a business and I can impact a lot of lives. Yeah. So my major entrepreneurial shift also was from Tim Ferriss. And so um, I'd been an entrepreneur since I was five years old, always coming up with ways, but because my, uh, my life path had been through kind of normal jobs, I always looked to entrepreneurship of like, I owned a restaurant and I did thing and I, I created a real estate company and because those are the jobs I had. So I created businesses in those jobs. Right. Yep. But, uh, Tim Barrett, like you saw, okay, I'm a personal trainer, but there's a way to leverage this. That's way bigger than just me and my local market. Um, and, uh, and you've ran with that. Right. So, uh, how did, how did that evolve to become, you know, biohacking and biohacking secrets? Yeah. So there was, there was a couple flops along the way that I don't talk about a lot. The first was after, after some inspiration from the four hour work week, I created my first supplement. That was what really forced me to start learning some online stuff. So it was, I, I, I had read a few books and there was a book that was very convincing talking about category creation and how sure. like, you know, when you create a category, you can own the category. And I'm like, it's brilliant. What they don't talk about is the marketing budget that's often required in order to create a category and own it. So I'm like this kid in Chicago that just read the four hour work week and a couple other books and I'm all pumped up and like, you know, mostly balls and probably not enough brains. And uh, I dove in and created this supplement called Sociotrope. And I actually got a bottle here as like a reminder of what became a not an epic fail, but a pretty big fail. So this was it. And I don't know if you can see the bottle. A lot of people are listening, but it says social yeah. enhancement. So this was, this was a supplement <laughs> that was designed as like a natural anxiety supplement, you know, okay. to help yeah. lift mood and help with anxiety. But I was like, those categories exist. What is, what does this help me with? It makes me a lot more social. It makes me a lot feel, I feel like I'm much more on my game. And so I was like, all right, let's create the category of social enhancement with this supplement. I bought a, I put all my money into one run of inventory, tested it by a third party. It came up short in a bunch of the specific ingredients I wanted. So like the manufacturer kind of, kind of dropped the ball. And yep. when I was like, what's going on, man, this is, th this is our word of mouth right here. Is this, they went, radio silent. So then it was like, do you sue them at, at an amount that like wouldn't even really make sense going to court for? Right. So, um, it wasn't, there wasn't anything dangerous about the supplement. A lot of people still got results from it, but it ended up, I ended up selling it to another company along with a lot of the intellectual property, the web presence, Twitter, all that fail. Number one. Um, well, that's a pretty, like if you were able to sell your failure, that's a pretty solid failure. 
Yeah, I mean, I still lost money though. I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, keep it real. <laughs> yeah, but look, I mean, I didn't pick I, up my island next to Richard Branson. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, record. for every every one of those guys that's doing a million a month selling supplements, there's a million people selling. You know, hoping to get their first sale, and so like it, you know, to even exit with a fraction when you bought inventory and when you bought all that stuff, right? Like that's pretty positive uh, momentum direction. So what did you parlay that into? Yeah. So then um, I had learned a good amount about online marketing and through a couple other things, I was able to kind of get in after I left the corporate world, which was like 2008. So I had a job, I was doing commercial mortgage backed securities, which is like a wall street investment vehicle. I was the analyst underwriter. I would do the loan committee presentations, financing like hundred million dollar buildings in downtown Chicago. It was, it was a great job, but the CMBS market, if you've ever seen the big short crashed. So a lot of that had been going on. Um, and you know, it was like, that was my big opportunity to make a run it for, for entrepreneurship. So I started doing more of like the personal training and the health and fitness stuff, but it still wouldn't even really pay my modest bills at the time. So then I also started a, a hospitality marketing company and we built an email list of like 20,000 people in Chicago. And I would work for a lot of the top flight uh, restaurants, lounges, bars, and nightclubs in Chicago. So like Let Us Entertain You was one of our clients. Um, MTV Spring Break with like Snoop Dogg and Wiz Khalifa and Neo and in like 2011, that was one of our clients. So we did that and we built a, a, a pretty great company. But um, after like three years, I recognized that it was in direct conflict with the health and fitness stuff, which I was much more passionate about. It was, it was keeping sure. me out far too much. And, um, so we got that to like, uh, you know, ar around the, the three, six figure range. Um, and, uh, and then I was like, well, it's, it's cannibalizing the other stuff and that opportunity to grow. Read the Tim Ferriss article, started working on a program of what I was doing with clients, called it, uh, the health blueprint, worked on that for a few years, launched it, had no idea how to market it. I hired Russell, <laughs> became friends with Russell, all that stuff. And then we sort of transitioned it to biohacking secrets. He's like, you need to do more to distinguish and differentiate your uniqueness. Right. Um, and some of these things. So that you kind of coming back to creating your own category, right? Or at least owning one category. Uh, yeah. Right. Going yeah. deeper into like the biohacking secrets niche as opposed to just general health, right? Yes. Yes. And I waver back and forth because on one hand, I'm so passionate about biohacking and what it can do for people. On the other hand, I know that 50% of the time when we talk to a mass market, if I'm on the street with someone, the follow-up question is what's biohacking? So there's a little bit of that, like, don't make me think aspect that I know is impacting. Like if it, the, some of the names that we have for future projects are much clearer much yeah. more benefit driven. Like they complete the sentence. I want blank. <laughs> and, uh, you know, like not a lot of people, if you were like, I want biohacking secrets, they'd be like, ah, oh, I know what you mean, Tyler. Me too. Yes. Yeah. I know exactly <laughs> what those secrets are. Wait, no, yes. I, I don't. They're secrets. Yeah. And you know, it's funny because there's, there's so many different ways to attack the market. Um, but clearly this has worked, right? It, it's been successful for you. It doesn't mean the the one strategy you deployed is going to be the next strategy you use as you grow the business, but it's, it's kind of helped uh, establish where you're at and, and do what you're doing. What, um, what has been like, you, you've overcome a couple of challenges. What would mm -hmm. you say is the one thing that you did in this last three or four years 
that was that gave you the greatest yield or the greatest momentum? So I believe that when I am really okay, so I'll show you this. This will give it a little bit of context. I'm an extreme personality. And I'm the type of person that needs to create goals and deadlines and structure to really thrive. And it worked well when I was in sports and college and things like that. And now more than ever, it has to be self-imposed. So I find that when I am very focused on my health and not just the visible aspects of health, like, do you have a six pack? Are you in shape? That type of stuff. But like, a truly healthy life, inclusive of the things that we know human beings need, social relationships, family, friends, uh, you know, spirituality for a lot of us in, in whatever form that exists, good food in your body, moving your body, nature, stress management, those types of things. When I have a well-rounded life and I'm focused on that almost from the perspective of what's possible. Like if I want to see what's possible in the next 90 days and go all in, it's usually during those periods that the business really takes off. So I'm like tending to my vehicle, my mind, body, and spirit, and, and consciously elevating that through the right habits and these tools that we talk about in the biohackers guide and you know some of the other programs we have. So I put up something like this. It's like all around my room. So you can see that's the, the picture of Conor McGregor knocking out Jose Aldo which was, um, are you familiar with that story? Just a little, not probably not at your level. All right. So I have at the top here, it says, um, world championship fight camp, which is like the mentality that I approach it. Like I'm going in for a 90 day sprint, three months into a world championship fight camp. And that fight is taking place on June 18th and I better be ready. So I started this on March 18th. Right. And then I have my goals for mind and some of the process goals that are going to get me there. My goals for body and some of the process goals, you know, daily and weekly that are going to get me there and spirit, my goals for spirit and some of the process goals that are going to get me there. And then I have that picture, which is one of my favorite pictures. Um, you, you can barely see. I don't know. Are people going to watch this on video or no? Yeah. Yeah. It goes on YouTube and, and um, so, yeah. so that, that picture right there is Conor McGregor standing over Jose Aldo, which coincidentally mirrors one of the pictures of Muhammad Ali that's on the I was going to say that's our generation's Muhammad Ali. Yeah, and like the actual pictures look very similar. But that was so exciting to me cuz I got to see it unfold and you saw this guy in Jose Aldo who is undefeated in 10 years, the best pound for pound fighter to ever do it. And Connor was going in to prove that he was the best pound for pound and no one thought he had a chance and he was talking so much crap, so much. There was so much riding on that fight. And he went in and murked him in 13 seconds. And what was even cooler about it was he said exactly what he was going to do. He watched Aldo fight a couple months before they did. And he was like, I want to give him more than one round, but I can't. I feel like he's going to come <laughs> in. He's going to come in swinging too hard with that big right hand. I'm going to step back, slip the right. I'm going to bang the left and it's going to be over. And that's exactly what happened in the fight because Connor's mentality was, stay ready. Any minute the UFC could call. And if you got to drop 25 pounds and get in shape or, you know, work on your takedown defense, you're going to get smoked. So you got to stay ready as if any minute that big call could come. And you know that you've done everything in your preparation to execute when the opportunity presents itself. That's where I thrive and where the business stuff tends to follow. 
All right. So coming back to the question was essentially, what's the one thing that you've done in your business to build the most momentum, have the most success? And it sounds like two, like kind of summarizing that stay ready, then you don't have to get ready. And then also create 90 day sprints. Like you found, it sounds like you thrive really well. If you can have, um, a whole, like whole, a well-rounded, uh, objective, but for a time bound amount of like period. Yeah. Yes. I'm good when there's... What do you do after your 90-day sprint? Do you have to go through like a decompression period? No. I give myself a little bit more leeway. Um, I give myself a little bit more leeway, especially because some of the the social stuff and the community stuff, um, you know, it's 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 fun for me, at least occasionally, sure. to go out and have a couple of drinks. Nothing crazy, but I, I have a good time with that. And I have to be honest with myself about it, but I know that it dampens my energy and it affects my cognitive function and my performance with, with work stuff. So I do believe that there is a value in those social relationships and creating space for them. Um, I, I like to travel and, um, you know, I'm going to, so March or I'm sorry, May 15th through June 2nd, I'm going to a buddy's wedding in Sayulita, Mexico, going to spend some time there. And I'm going to meet my brother in Costa Rica and we're going to go to this retreat at Rhythmia and have some like brother time. So nice. I, I create things like that. And, and all of that is also going to be, you know, I'm going to be the, like the Rhythmia place has yoga and breath work and meditation and organic meals. So I'm going to be recharging. Anyhow, it's just a little bit less, less grind focused yeah. and, and less rigid around the, my routine that I feel facilitates peak performance for me. So I think, you know, maintaining peak performance at the same time of also allowing balance in your life, right? I think, how do you, uh, it sounds like you address that by just being, um, patient with yourself, right? By giving yourself permission to ebb and flow. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm working on that. That's a, that's a work <laughs> in progress. I, I, I realized in recent years how hard I've always been on myself and just, yeah considered that was, you know, I considered that that was normal. Um, and I feel like a lot of being hard on myself has gotten me to where I am, but it's also one of those situations where as you get older, you kind of realize that if you're not giving yourself that love, getting it from a lot of other people will always feel kind of empty. Sure. Because like, you know, it's not coming from you. I, at least I've felt that. Um, Yeah. So I've tried to be a little bit easier with it. I've tried to create for during some of these sprints to make sure I'm still happy to make sure I'm still carving out time for, uh, to fill myself back up and not just pack in my schedule with as much stuff as I can possibly do. Um, but what Russell talks about with like the letter gold, like I kind of need that stuff too, where if it, you know, if it's not done by this date, don't go to bed then you know, yeah. stay up, stay up and finish it. Cause there otherwise are, yeah, there are times where you've got to just dig your heels in and say this. Happens. Yeah. It just tends yeah. to bleed into the, the next week and the next month. And yeah. you're like, how has this been on my to-do list for like eight months? Yeah. I'd, I'd be lying if I said, I don't have a couple of those right now, but um, yeah, <laughs> you know, it's just, but it is, it is a balance. Like I, I have, I have four kids and like, man, like being in sports and doing all of that kind of stuff, I recognize like, hey, it would be amazing if I could allocate all of my energy into work, but it's not realistic. I, my goal right now, one of my main goals is to be a good dad. 
Yeah. And so that means like there's a natural ebb and flow. It also has main means I have to be more efficient, right? So I mm-hmm. loved what you said at the earlier when you said you uh, you look for ways to get better and faster through like tools and hacks and what's working. Because yeah. I have to find ways to create efficiency that can't be done through just simply time. Mm-hmm. Um, so what are some of those what are some of those hacks that you've done in your business, right? I mean, you're phenomenal at biohacking. What are some of your personal business hacks? Yeah. Uh, so a big one is either getting good at Facebook ads yourself, which I am not, or you know, working with people that are. And, uh, and, and media buyers that can help you there because the, there's only so much growth that can come from email marketing and social media marketing and the organic side. If you want to do half a million copies of your book, you want to do 500,000 copies, of your free plus shipping offer, you're going to need some scalable traffic. And that's what, right. that's one of the things that we want to do. So, yeah. Um, so I think, and that can be true about whatever your like your leverage point is in your business, right? So um, if for you, like your business grows by increasing what's happening at the front end on your free plus shippings or on your books yep. or on those guides. Yeah, everything uh, works really, for selling books. And some people like that's where, we were talking about this offline a little at the beginning. Some people like the, the entrepreneur is gonna inherently have some strengths, right? But by nature of that also have some weaknesses. Now the problem is a lot of us entrepreneurs are really good Swiss army knives. We can go in and we can do better than average work on a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so we also though have to then accept, okay, every once in a while I need to bring in scalpels. I need to bring in specialty tools to scale. In your business, as you've grown, you know, you went through your, your supplement company and then you started your first business and you, and you, and you've continued to grow. When have you just, or how have you decided when it's time? to pivot from doing something yourself to bringing in a specialist. Tyler, it's a hard one because we talked about this earlier. Yeah. So just being straight with you, I'm terrible at that. (laughs) Like I'm bad at it. I was the guy that was just doing a whole bunch of stuff at like below what would be my average. Right. uh, And spreading myself so thin trying to do it. And when Carrie, who's now our, our vice president, he, you know, he worked with me in Chicago and guys, amazing, you know, one of my closest friends and energy bus, when he came to me after doing a few of these biohacking weeks and we both moved back to Florida while well, he moved back, I moved here for the first time. He came up to me last April and was like, dude, let me help. I can see your right. spread so thin. Let right. me help. And I was like, I'm too busy. I'm too busy. So yeah, I don't even, you don't even have the bandwidth to delegate, right? Yeah. I like, was like, I can't even yeah. take the time to delegate this stuff. And then I said, I, I realized the ridiculousness of that position brought him on and was able to at least get a little breathing room to come up for air a bit. And we've been gradually taking stuff off of our plate. Like the things that, that are, siphoning resources away from those key performance indicators of our business, but not really moving the needle. Um, and, and unfortunately one of those was our event that, you know, biohacking week, which has changed a ton of guys lives and everybody loves it. And it's like, when are you doing another one? But we, we knew how much preparation was required for that. And like looking at the numbers of the first four and where they'd kind of shaken out, we were like, man, we may be better doing a killer annual event, like one, making yep. it amazing. You plan everything once. Cause like 
that that biohacking week once a month model or once every two months, it's like you're constantly in the launch loop. Yeah, it's like you finish, you take a breath, and you're like, when's the next one? Start promoting it, you know? Yeah. So that wasn't so we had to start cutting some stuff too. One of and I think you answered that really well. Um, but I am also asking you in your areas of weakness, right? Like we talked about this, but what your strength is in the biohacking world. How do you know in biohacking when it's time for you to bring in someone who's a specialist to help you versus just taking care of your health on your own? Yeah. I make an honest assessment of where I'm at, what's starting with what's important to me and where are the bottlenecks? You know, what are, what are the, the weaknesses that I have in that area? And if I don't have the skill set to, um, to deal with or overcome those, those situations, then I bring someone in. Sometimes it's just having a conversation with them on the Biohacking Secrets Show podcast. Sometimes it's going to see them. Um, and, and I collaborate with a ton of people. I mean, even just this morning, I saw a, a traditional Chinese medicine doctor the next town over. That's great. He's using this innovative ozone practice where he takes saline and saturates it with ozone. It was pioneered by the Russians. And then he injects the saline solution. And this ozone oxygenates your body. It boosts immune function. It improves how well your, the energy powerhouses of your cells, the mitochondria work. And uh, I started my morning with that. Well, I started my morning with work. Then I went and got that, and uh, and then came back and did some more. So, like, I'm always weaving some of these things in based on what I need. And I've got an Evernote of my health. What are my goals? Where are my weaknesses? How am I going to do that? I may I track to to make sure that the things that I'm employing are working. And if they're not, I bring in help. I'm I'm realistic. Awesome. Like, if this if this isn't so, happening in three yeah. months, I need help. What's funny is in, in health, it sounds like you're really, it's easier for you to do that, but it sounds like it's really the same evaluation process in business, right? Like yeah. you set your goals. If you're not meeting, if they're not being met, if you're not getting to them, then you need to bring in help. Right. And I think a lot of us are able to do certain, like, it's funny how in parts of our life we're able to delegate or, or look for help. And in other parts we struggle. Um, but if we just deploy the same method, uh, things come together. For sure. Yeah. And like there's, there's been some things on the business side that have thrown little monkey wrenches where because of our space, the health space is watched pretty closely. Yep. Um, so we've had so many Facebook ads accounts shut down and like those yep. little hiccups and things. And when, you know, but you move through them and you're just like, all right, no matter what, I'm going to keep going. No matter, you know, fall down seven times, get up eight. Yeah. Uh, you're just like that, that mummy Frankenstein man. Who's, who's going to keep coming no matter what. Hey, relax, Kumba. Um, so yeah, at least that's, yeah. that's my mentality. I love it. And I think, uh, so I think that's awesome. And I think I really appreciate you sharing with us a little bit of your journey and, and kind of how you, where you started and, and where you're going. Um, if you want to learn more, go to bizninja.com slash biohacking. Appreciate you all listening. Now it's your turn to go out and do something. Thank you for listening to Biz Ninja Entrepreneur Radio with Tyler Jorgensen. Please make sure to subscribe so you're first to hear new interviews and episodes. If you found this podcast to be valuable, please share it with a friend. Don't forget to visit our online dojo at bizninja.com to claim your reward for listening to the show.